Welcome to the Citizen Revolt podcast, where we discuss your options for freeing yourself from oppressive governments as well as tax regimes. Welcome to the third installment of the Citizen Revolt podcast. In the last uh, podcast episode, we discussed tax residency, and I also uh, highlighted some of the benefits to being a nomad in terms of tax, uh, in terms of where you hold your assets, um, and in terms of where you uh, hold your domicile. And um, hopefully this has stimulated some thinking and started to open up some options for you with regards to how you could basically free yourself from your current tax regime and possibly start looking at alternatives that are available. Before we delve deeper into uh, company formation, uh, tax setups in the next uh, few episodes, in this episode I'd like to quickly touch on uh, banking and more specifically international banking. Most people, when they think about banking, it's usually in one of two categories. Usually people would look at banking as the banks available in their local country. Alternatively, they would be looking at some kind of offshore banking. And in most cases, offshore banking is usually seen as a place to basically store, or for a lack of a better term, hide wealth um, away from tax regimes. Uh, I have a slightly different view on banking. Um, I believe that uh, offshore banking can indeed be very beneficial for your day-to-day transactional banking. And in fact, in many cases, you can actually get better service from banks overseas than you do in your local country. Of course, the setup is a little bit more difficult um, whenever you're opening bank accounts abroad. And especially with uh, the new monetary policies around uh, international money laundering, uh, drugs, um, terrorism, etc. Um, obviously, it becomes a little bit more complex in terms of how you manage and run an open bank account. Having said that, one of the first things I'd like to get across about banking, which very, very few people seem to understand. Generally, when people look at banking, they tend to gravitate very much so towards first world countries like the US, like the UK, and other parts of Europe. Um, and I think if the last financial crisis taught us anything is that first world uh, banking institutions does not necessarily equal security, which is why um, most people tend to flock uh, to first world countries for their banking. Um, It has been my personal experience and and the experience of many other people that I know that uh, banking in slightly um, underdeveloped countries, not necessarily third world, but something in between, so sort of like a second world developing economy, um, holds a lot of merit. Firstly, um, you tend to get much better interest rates on your money uh, than you would in a typically first world country bank. And secondly, um, because those banks are competing very heavily uh, for business, both locally and internationally, Uh, In many cases, they are slightly more lenient in terms of opening up bank accounts um, and also uh, provide slightly more favorable ways of transacting from abroad. Uh, So absolutely one of the first concepts I want uh, to stick in everybody's mind is to get away from the concept of needing to bank in a first world country. Um, In fact, I always joke the ideal way to live would be... um, to 
bank in a second world developing country, hold your assets in a first world country, and travel and live in third world countries. Um, and I think when you start looking into banking and you start looking at the various options available, it can definitely be very overwhelming. Uh, and you start to look in the countries that I will suggest, you'll see that there's some very, very favorable um, banking offers out there. And uh, despite what you'll read online about opening up bank accounts via brokers and, and assistance, um, still one of the best ways to open a bank account is actually to you know physically get on a plane, get to the place, see that the institution exists, be comfortable with the fact that you're going to be banking there and get to understand the system. So in my experience, um, and, and a lot of people that uh, are in a very similar position to me, um, some of the better countries for banking at this moment in time would definitely be countries like Mauritius, um, countries like the Seychelles. Um, also, Georgia is providing some really, really excellent offers um, out of their banks. Um, and then, of course, there are a couple of countries in Europe. Um, you've got, for example, Estonia um, offers some favorable options. Germany offers some favorable options. Um, but definitely at the top of my list would probably be Georgia. Right now, um, in terms of its openness to doing business, uh, the favorable interest rates, the fact that you can hold a bank account nominated in pretty much any of the major currencies that you'd like, um, it's pretty hard to find an offer that would be better than what you would find in Georgia. Um, in the past, when people thought of uh, your sort of transactional um, offshore banking, everybody turned to HSBC and a lot of other banks in Singapore and Hong Kong. And it's been my experience, uh, mostly because of uh, the treaties that they have with countries like the US and, and other heavily taxed regimes, um, Hong Kong and Singapore are really not uh, an option for, you know, sort of uh, less wealthy individuals um, who are looking to offshore their banking um, or looking for banking alternatives. Typically, Hong Kong and Singapore now only attract very high net worth individuals, um, and they have become very sticky about the kind of clients that they do business with, um, on top of which... Uh, it's my personal opinion that uh, the banking offers are nowhere near as competitive as, as what's uh, on offer elsewhere in the world. So certainly for banking, um, my advice would be to look uh, towards your sort of second world countries, um, countries within the BRICS, um, the BRICS setup. Uh, Brazil also offers some fairly good options. There's a couple of other good options like um, Croatia, uh, which also offers um, some very competitive banking. Um, and of course, there's a few uh, slightly well-maintained but smaller economies in South America that are worth looking at. Um, so by all means, when it comes to banking, uh, my advice is stick to your sort of second world countries. Um, look for competitive interest rates. Um, look for banks that that basically support um people who are traveling uh, and are not necessarily in the country and that can handle a lot of transactional stuff with the bank via correspondence. What I will do in the coming weeks is I will be putting together a PDF that will basically give you links to banks that I suggest. Uh, it will give you links to um, 
you know, different different tax regimes and setups. And I'll be providing really sort of my cheat sheet um, for setting up an international presence and basically domiciling yourself uh, in terms of uh, setting up your, your assets in specific locations and just helping you pl- plant the right flags in the right places. Um, but for now, in this podcast, really what I wanted to get across is that... Uh, if you're thinking about banking, that it has to be in a first world country, uh, my advice is is to steer away from that thinking because typically uh, banks in first world countries actually give you the worst service. And uh, there is very competitive, very secure, very stable alternatives out there. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you found value, uh, please forward it on to your friends and family and please do ask them to subscribe. The more people we get listening to the podcast, the more we can get this really good and useful information in the hands of the people.